Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Work With Purpose, a podcast about the Australian public service. My name's David Pembroke. Thanks for joining me. Before we begin today, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on where we meet, the Ngunnawal people, and pay my respects to their continuing culture and the contribution that the Ngunnawal people make to the life of this city and region. Today, Studio 19 is once again on the road, and this time to the Canberra suburb of Russell and the home of the Department of Defence. Today, we speak with Greg Moriarty, the Secretary of Defence, and General Angus Campbell, the Chief of the Australian Defence Force. Greg Moriarty is a distinguished Australian public servant. Born in Queensland, Greg has held a number of influential positions in the APS, including Ambassador to Iran, Ambassador to Indonesia. He was Australia's counter-terrorism coordinator, and he also spent time as Chief of Staff to the former Australian Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull. Greg Moriarty, welcome to Work With Purpose. Thank you. It's great to uh, have you with us here today. Uh, General Angus Campbell has dedicated his professional career in the service of the Australian people. Aside from a short stint in the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet, General Campbell has been an Australian Defence Force lifer since he began at the Royal Military College in Duntroon in 1984. Since then, he has served in a number of roles, both in Australia and around the world, receiving the Distinguished Service Cross for his leadership of the Australian forces in the Middle East, including in Afghanistan. He was appointed Chief of the Australian Defence Force in 2018. General Campbell, welcome to Work With Purpose. Thanks very much, David. So listen, I'd, I'd like to ask the same question of both of you. Given that you have dedicated your careers, your professional careers in public service, and, and perhaps, Greg, to you first, at what stage in your life was it that you thought public service is going to be for me? That's what I'd like to do. Uh, David, thank you. It was at the end of my university career, and I was thinking about options. Um, I was very interested in defence and security issues, international relations, and I thought that a career in government service in that area would be both rewarding and something that would interest me. So I've, um, I joined the Australian Public Service at the age of 21, and I have loved being a public servant, and I've found it an incredibly rewarding career. Well, uh, what do you love about it? I, I love the... Uh, the range of issues that I've been able to deal with in my career, the diversity. Uh, I'm very committed to uh, doing what I can to enhance the security and the prosperity of, of Australians. I've very much enjoyed working on national security challenges and I've, I've really uh, derived a great deal of satisfaction from serving government, uh, from providing good advice for trying to do my best to implement decisions to carry out government policy. I, I genuinely believe in, a, in an apolitical service and doing our best to implement the policies of the government of the day. And, and to you, General Campbell, you were uh, from a, a defence family, but when was it for you that you thought, OK, this, this is how I would like to spend my in, professional uh, career? Uh, from about year 10 onwards uh, at school, uh, a desire to uh, join the military and in particular uh, for me, the army. Uh, following my father's footsteps, uh, 
and unbeknownst to me that uh, uh, that perhaps subtle influence was not so unsubtle, but now I reflect on it and think, well, you know, I wasn't imagined enough to think of something else to do. <laughs> but it was a very good choice. It's been a fabulous career, um, extraordinary people and great diversity and range of experiences and opportunities and a constant um, uh, uh, capacity to serve and to contribute uh, and feeling as you're doing it as part of a team. Mm. Very, very, very positive. But is it that, that sense of purpose that lies at the heart of it, that every morning you wake up, you think, well, this, this has got, I'm having impact. It, it's got real meaning what I'm, in, in my life. Yeah, I think so. You are serving your nation and uh, that's a great thing to do. And it's very rewarding. So I've, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I'd recommend it to anyone. Now, listen, I, I do. before we do start to talk about COVID, I think it has been quite an extraordinary year for the Australian Public Service and an extraordinary year for, for both of you, particularly with the, the bush, bushfires, which created um, really quite a sort of unprecedented in many ways involvement of the Defence Force in, into the lives of, of Australians. And I think for many of us, it was it was visible, it was prominent, it was important. Um, take us back, if you, I'd, I'd like to perhaps start with you, Greg, and take us back to that time about how you started to make those decisions about involving um, Australia, uh, the, sorry, the Defence Force in, in the response to the bushfires. Well, thank you, David. It's a, it's a, it's a very good question because we, we actually thought of this last year and of, of course the Australian Defence Force has always been involved in, in supporting the civil authority and in, and in providing humanitarian and disaster relief. It's, it's, uh, it's got an absolutely fantastic reputation for making those contributions uh, domestically and uh, internationally but last year uh, we were thinking about these issues and General Campbell uh, spoke to the Minister as well about what we might be able to do gradually to mobilise the Australian Defence Force to, and uh, uniquely um, to look more uh, deliberately at what we could do to mobilise reserves and General Campbell, uh, with the Minister and the broader government's approval, put in place a plan to have a limited call-out of the reserves. Um, so there was a lot of thinking going on early, but as it turned out, that mobilisation turned out to be yeah. more consequential at larger scale and for longer than we anticipated. But I, I really do commend the ADF for doing that thinking and we as a department worked uh, to make it uh, realise it. So not, the ADF was heavily involved, defence civilians and our industry partners really responded magnificently through that uh, period and we were able to to be able to provide, I think, a really strong uh, support for devastated and impacted Australian communities. But uh, a lot of the planning was done in advance of the bushfire season, and I think the uh, the government gave us direction to get on, prepare for that, and, and the department and the ADF were in well-placed, I think, to uh, respond. The scale was uh, much more significant than we than we thought we might ever have to deal with. But mm. um, uh, all credit to a number of people who are involved in that. So, General Campbell, that's interesting that you were thinking about this and you were preparing for this. What made you think that this was something that the, the ADF needed to perhaps give more priority to than it had in the past? Uh, David, the Australian Defence Force has both the full-time personnel 
and a large number, uh, many thousands of part-time or reserve personnel. And over a number of years, we have been strengthening the integrated effect of bringing both of those work types together to create a larger defence force and with the uh, members of the Australian Public Service of the Department of Defence, a larger defence enterprise. We wanted to uh, test and learn from a model call-out activity undertaken only by a small indicative group of perhaps around 30 reservists so that we could ensure we had a mechanism available if an emergency were to arise where we needed a very large number of people at very short notice. And I don't think any of us particularly thought two months later mm. that that would be the time, but it does show the value of planning and being open to considering the range of contingent possibilities in that planning. So, so with that, th so there was a, an actual operation with 30 people, so you did it. What, what was the scenario that you were planning so for? So early in November, we contributed that small number of reserve personnel, uh, formally called out through a process that the Governor-General enacts, and they were uh, deployed to assist in areas uh, in Queensland, which were affected at that time by uh, bushfires, not necessarily of the scale that we saw later elsewhere in the country, mm -hmm. but nevertheless, um, a, an appropriate response to call out, to concentrate, to deploy, to employ, and then return uh, back to their civilian uh, um, circumstances, homes and employment. And in doing that, we learned all of the rub points administratively of getting in bulk people into uh, full-time service and then being able to uh, employ them appropriately. Very useful in what turned out to be a call for uh, what became approximately 3,000 reserve personnel. Uh, some were volunteers, uh, but the greater majority were called out and that was in the early January period. They were called out for approximately 28 days, and it was in that critical point uh, for the support of southeastern Australia. We couldn't have done what we did without that number of people, and in particular, that number of people coming uh, in large measure from the communities or the near communities that were affected. Mm. Uh, very uh, positive, and they were integrated with full-time personnel, so you got the true strength of a total force effort. And uh, I, I visited many of them. They were incredibly enthusiastic and very proud to serve, and mm. I'm deeply appreciative of what they did. Yeah, you certainly got that sense that there was that real enthusiasm from the Defence Force to, to get involved. Um, Probably no surprise, really, to be able to co serve at a time of crisis in their own country. Yes, indeed. I, I mentioned about 3,000 reservists and another 3,500 full-time personnel across Navy, Army and Air Force, all working for common purpose and all working to help Australians mm. in Australia. Mm. Very uh, strong, positive sense of um, focus, purpose and determination to do the best they could. And all over the country, 
there were affected families and communities who would stop and uh, say something just to acknowledge the military personnel who'd been helping them, someone fixing a fence, someone who'd fixed a water generator to make sure the cattle had some uh, water, people who were restocking shelves. Uh, no matter what it was, uh, there was a defence force member working with state and territory emergency services mm. trying to assist. Now, we were always in support. We were not fighting the fires. Mm. So we're the second layer of effort. And uh, I think all uh, strength and regard to our bushfire fighters who did a magnificent job. Mm. But it was, an, it was something that I think the Defence Force uh, was really pleased to be involved with to be able to help. And Australia needed that help. So, Greg, how, how has it changed the Defence Force, in your view, that involvement at that scale of the Defence Force in the bushfires? Well, we are... It's had a very significant uh, impact on the broad defence enterprise, the, the Australian Defence Force, our defence public servants and our contractors. And we've, we've learned to work differently. Uh, the idea of quick mobilisation, the idea of uh, being able to respond flexibly, using our bases differently, that, as, as the uh, General Campbell said, the, the use of reservists, being able to do that, being more agile mm. about those response mechanisms. It's, it's also making us think more about what type of equipment and stores and provisioning we might need to do in advance of the next bushfire season, but also thinking about what we might need to do in the region in our region to be able to support um, our, our friends and partners if, if, if there are regional contingencies, how, how we can adjust our doctrine, uh, our processes and, uh, and have the skills to be able to deal with that. So we are we're thinking about the lessons learnt from the bushfires but also the lessons that we are learning from uh, COVID-19 assist mm. in terms of how we work differently in future. And we... We are of the view, and I think government government has said, defence will need to think uh, and be available for these type of contingencies more more mm. in future, and that that internal work is being is is being undertaken. So, General Campbell, has it had a, a an impact on the morale within the defence force? Like, is there that sense of pride that has come from the involvement of the defence force in? I think definitely. Yeah, and a real sense that. Uh, it's a tangible acknowledgement of assistance to Australians, immediate, present and uh, proud to be part mm. of. Uh, I think that we started very quickly in 2020. Now, we, we had been assisting the bushfires through September, October, November into December and progressively from a small level building... But in early January, when, when we went from about 1,000 to 6,500, the Defence Force's full energies turned to that issue. And I think they are rightly proud of mm. being able to make that contribution. Mm. Uh, and I want to emphasise that again, it's a contribution that is in support of our firefighters. Mm. So to, to, to COVID-19 and, and to that, um, that time... Uh, as it was starting to build, take, take me through, you know, what happened here at Defence as you were starting to 
see the advice, see the cables, see things happening. What what happened? Or, you know, when, when did you start to think, okay, this is going to be something that we're really going to have to activate this uh, our, a response to? I think we were very much involved right from the start in yeah. the whole of government effort and um, the mechanisms that the government stood up, the... Um, the national coordination mechanism, which was run out of Home Affairs with a, a strong Emergency Management Australia uh, element, uh, the broader contribution to the uh, COVID-19 uh, whole of government processes around in, uh, the National Security Committee of Cabinet, which we which we supported. Uh, the Prime Minister was also involved uh, and set up um, these. Uh, cabinet office policy committees to discuss the particular dimensions and we were very much involved in in one of those uh, lines of effort and then we were also heavily involved through the chief operating officers yep. uh, committee yep. in, into the into the whole of government uh, we both general campbell and i supported uh, secretary gagens the head of prime minister and cabinet with the work that he was doing um, so we were very much involved from the outset, wanting to be part of that whole of government uh, effort. These uh, these challenges do require a whole of government response, and defence needs to find its appropriate place in that. And uh, I think there's uh, many lessons for us for the future. But that whole of government coordination and making sure that defence is joined up that we are leaning in to support other departments, but, uh, but also part of that information sharing, I think, is, is really important, both for the Australian Defence Force and our uh, defence civilian workforce. Mm. So, General Campbell, when you're, you're in those meetings, what are you expected to contribute? What, when they're asking you, General Campbell, what, what are they expecting you to come up with? Uh, my attitude is very much that the Defence Force is an instrument of government to serve Australia and its national interests. And so whatever we have that could be useful is available. And it's always going to be available. Uh, the, the question to then step through is where can we target the most useful elements of a defence capability, that's military and civil, uh, working with police, uh, working across the levels of the federal government and the states and territories government with medical organisations, uh, with border force and so forth. So we saw early on uh, military and civil planning teams being deployed across the Commonwealth government and also to state and territory governments. We saw an augmentation of border force and police capability so that uh, whether it might have been either quarantine checks or uh, contact tracing uh, or simply support to uh, backroom administration and planning, a greater and more sustainable capability of those frontline agencies could be maintained. Mm. Uh, we've worked now across all the state and territory uh, governments, uh, a range of agencies, uh, our military medical capability linked in where appropriate to states and territories, uh, as well as engaging across uh, foreign affairs and trade with partners in our region to see how 
as a community of nations, we can help each other, we can inform each other, we can uh, learn from each other. I think it's been another step when your country is completely uh, challenged by a virus, so it's not geographically contained uh, with regard to a bushfire or a cyclone, but it's theoretically the entire country. Mm. You need everything turned on yeah. and everything made available and willing to be flexible and adapt to whatever is needed. And that's what we've tried to do across the enterprise. But it sounds like you've been involved really then in everything. Uh, pretty much, Almost think, across the board. I think defence defence wants to make its contribution and to be of assistance to others, and that's our attitude. How can we help? And that's the way we've taken yeah, Because we have seen, you know, Northern Tasmania, obviously the Defence Department paid a very big role in that. But mm. then I was reading one of the Defence magazines the other day and saw people in call centres, you know, project yeah. managers. So it's really quite... So it's really opening up the enterprise and saying, look, come and yeah. this is what we've got. You know, if you need any of this, we're ready, ready to help. David, there's been a couple of really interesting and unique contributions. I mean, making face masks. Is, yeah, yeah, that was a good story. But we've yeah. also had our scientists helping to design um, face shields for healthcare workers, our defence science and technology group, some absolutely world-class skills there, and that, but they've been able to turn their skills to helping with those face masks. We've also had a rapid response group to help build the, the number of ventilators that we have in this country and working with private sector to be able to, to get a, a, a desperate shortage uh, initially of ventilators, so we've been able to use our defence scientists to use their skills to, to do that. So uh, incredibly rewarding work for them and Australian public servants, including many of our graduates who've offered to help at Services Australia yep. to um, respond to calls from Australians who are really suffering uh, from the circumstances that they find themselves in. We've been very pleased. We, we've had around about 200 public servants at any given time with Services Australia answering calls uh, all the way from graduates to, to senior executives and uh, they, they've really enjoyed that uh, that different type of public service. So in addition to our ADF colleagues, Australian public servants have been able to make a real contribution during this crisis. I'm interested, how do you two work together? How does that all come come to pass? Closely and constantly. <laughs> you spend more time with each other than your spouses, I imagine. Oh, absolutely. Or is it? <laughs> David, as it, as it happens to turn out, both our spouses are overseas in their own professional uh, oh, okay. lives. So uh, we definitely spend more time together. But how, how does it, how do you, how do you work together? Well, it, the, the, the unique arrangement that we have in Australia for the diarchy, uh, I, I think it, it works well in the circumstances. I think it does. Uh, 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 we try to build a single defence enterprise with an integrated workforce. Obviously, the Australian Defence Force and uh, General Campbell as the commander of that defence force have unique, unique responsibilities about the lawful 
uh, employment of, of coercive force and of lethal force if circumstances require at the lawful direction of the government of the day. Um, but there are many aspects of the enterprise and um, in terms of policy, in terms of those, those issues about the development of capabilities, the, the development of skill sets, uh, policy support to the government intelligence, these are areas where Australian public servants and members of the Australian Defence Force work together uh, to generate a better outcome for Australia. I think when a diverse workforce uh, that has uh, skill sets, gender diversity, uh, ethnic diversity comes from all, all, all aspects of that great Australian yeah. community and the, the combination of the Australian Public Service and the Australian Defence Force, it, it makes us a more capable organisation and I think it gives better options to government and a, and a, and a, better, a better quality defence effort to contribute to Australian statecraft. Um, General Campbell, perhaps I'll ask that question in, in a different way. Mm. When your mobile phone rings and it's Greg Moriarty, how do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> Happy to receive the call, <laughs> always, always. Is it always. good news or is it like, oh, my God? Uh, Greg, and I, Greg and I share with each other both the best of news and on occasions uh, that disappointing news that reminds you it's an organisation of about 100,000 people and, uh, you know, they're trying to do their best every day but sometimes things don't quite go to plan. I'm very much uh, of the views that uh, uh, Greg uh, offered. The diarchy is the right and best way to give our government the best defence capability uh, that can be realised because it integrates all of the uh, perspectives and facets and interests of a very large, very dispersed, uh, very... Um, a capable organisation into one stream of advice and then execution. One of the features of this podcast is we actually get questions from future leaders uh, from the APS. And I have a couple of questions uh, for you today. And the first of those is from Amy Burgess from the Attorney General's Department. And she asks of both of you, the nature of your roles in defence means that you're both experienced at dealing with crisis. How has the pandemic crisis differed from those that have come before? General Campbell, to you first. Uh, I would first by, start by saying it is a crisis that has, inf has affected the totality of the nation, and that is quite unique. It doesn't mean necessarily that you approach it differently, but the scale and the completeness of the response can be orders of magnitude greater than other circumstances short of a catastrophic conflict or some such thing. Every single person in Australia is affected by this COVID-19 pandemic. Every single person in Australia will feel the economic challenges that we'll all have to work together to deal with as the nation moves out of this pandemic. And we'll all have to, for some time, be disciplined in the way we approach the relaxation of social distancing measures, because until a vaccine uh, is developed, if it is developed, we've got to keep the mindset that we're all in this together 
and we, we can all get out of this together. Uh, Greg, your response to that well, question? It has impacted our workforce as well as the broader community. So we're responding to the crisis with also the need to manage uh, our own workforce, their health and safety, the, the stresses it imposes on them and their families, as well as the broader community. It's had a very strong domestic dimension, but we are also thinking and doing the contingency planning for uh, the region and what the Australian government may need to do to support our friends and partners in the region. So it's got an international dimension as well as that huge domestic dimension. Uh, whole of government coordination has been vital, uh, working with all uh, the amount of work that we've done with the health department uh, in, in recent months, the amount of work that we've done with, with home affairs, uh, unprecedented, uh, and also with the states and territories. So it's required us to really think about whole-of-government engagement, leaning, leaning in to support uh, other organisations in a, in a very different way. Um, Another question from Kylie Hiley from the Australian Public Service Commission, and she asks, what learnings have you taken from current world events that you think will assist in future decision-making for defence and the public sector more generally? Greg, I'll throw that to you to start. Uh, we are very interested in taking the learnings from the COVID-19 response for bouncing back better in terms of what what have we learned about doing things remotely that we might be able to yep. take on as an enduring uh, business practice in defence? What how has how our relationship with our defence industry partners is also become I think more intimate as we've we've needed to rely on them to keep defence capability, uh, and they have. Uh, been very grateful for the support that Defence has been able to continue to support Australian defence industry in this very difficult time. Working from home uh, arrangements have, have, I think, been quite successful. We're, we're trying to think, what does that mean for the future of how we might work? How do we support ministers when they are remote from us, when we, we don't have those regular every few days or at least weekly face-to-face uh, -face meetings? And I also think we're thinking about what the the implications and the impacts of this on on gender issues in our workforce because women uh, are are impacted and have been think been impacted differently than men particularly in the the working from home uh, arrangements and we just need to be conscious of that and think about it in terms of our personnel policies okay general camp i just reflect that 10 years ago the kind of ease of communication in teleconferencing and video conferencing that we're now experiencing wouldn't have been possible. And I have been surprised pleasantly uh, at how consistently and effectively our communication systems across the Commonwealth and the variety of systems are working for us. And that's got to be something that we take and use into the future. It gives us all more time and uh, more flexibility in the way we work together, whether it's from home, whether it's a face-to-face, -face, or whether it's through some um, intermediary system like a video conferencing uh, system. All right. Well, listen, we are hard up against time. Um, and so General uh, Angus Campbell and Greg Moriarty, thank you both for your service and thank you both for coming on Work With Purpose today.
Thank you. Thanks very much. And to you, the audience, thank you for coming back once again. We certainly uh, appreciate your ongoing support as we speak to the leadership of the Australian Public Service as they explain to you just exactly how the APS is responding and the ADF in this case is responding to uh, such a great challenge and uh, a great uh, discussion today. So thanks also to our friends and colleagues at IPA and the Australian Public Service Commission for their ongoing support for this podcast series. Work With Purpose is part of the GovComs podcast network and if you would like to check out the GovComs podcast please type that into your favourite podcast browser and it is sure to come up. If you do happen to come across our social media promotion for the program, please pass it along so people can hear the uh, discussions that we've been having over the last few weeks. So thank you very much for that support. We will be back next week with a another double header. this time with the Commissioner of the Australian Border Force, Michael Outram, and the Commissioner of the Australian Federal Police, Rhys Kershaw. So that promises to be another fascinating conversation. So thanks again for your time. And for the moment, enjoy your week. But it's time to say goodbye, so bye for now. Work With Purpose is a production of Content Group in partnership with the Institute of Public Administration Australia and with the support of the Australian Public Service Commission. Thank you.